I'm Charlie Blair Elephant, and you're listening to Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7 with host Eric Fiorillo. The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor as a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7. Today is the 9th of September, if you can believe it already, 2019. And as we always do, we stand up, take a deep breath through our nose, out through our mouth, and repeat after me. I am a winner. I am a champion. I am unstoppable. Why? Because if you know anything about I am and you go out and do all the studying I've been doing with rewiring and refiring of the brain and all the cold water treatment I'm doing via Wim Hof right now, um, you can do magnificent things with what you say to yourself. It's not going to happen overnight, but I'll tell you what, it's a great way to start your day out being an optimist whether other than a pessimist, which we see so much. And that's why motivation and muscle is so prevalent and where we're going down the road, whether it's with the children, the fathers and son shows we've done, or we have these great, great lifters and people that have been around for decades. When you hear the gentleman I'm going to be bringing in momentarily, you know exactly where I'm going with this. Obviously, we got the best stone lifting in the world on here, et cetera, et cetera. And as I say, Everybody that's in our family is a big spoke in this wheel, and you're going to see much more of this down the road. Also, too, go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com, Winners and Champions. That is my premier product. There's 14 modules that range all the way from high shrugs to power rack training to sandbags to stones. You name it, it's there. Also, too, a way to get really involved here. And we call it investment. We're not talking donation. Invest in Fiorello Barbell Company and Motivation Muscle. And what you do is you go out to Fiorello Barbell Company, FiorelloBarbellCo.com, and basically you can go out, hit the page, and there's a $25, $50, and $100 investment. It goes right into my checking account, and it only is used for the business. Everybody knows I'm having to work outside now to keep pumping more and more money in here, but we are working on that right now. I have somebody out in London through Steve Cotter, who's a regular on here, who's worked with Steve, who's very interested in this company, and he's already started doing some marketing for me starting today. So there's big things on the horizon. And I can tell you, I've got probably eight products sitting on the shelf that are just waiting for a little bit of this and that to go among, you know, obviously I want 10,000 episodes downloaded per show. That's where I'm shooting for every show. So we're working on everything to get there. Also, too, don't forget to go out to motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. Um, I'll, I'll, ta- I'll say the name of the gentleman that's coming in here momentarily, Clarence Bass. If you've never heard of him, you've never heard of the book Ripped, you
You might be living under a rock. But there's a lot of young listeners here. I couldn't be happier having Clarence come in here because we're going to talk about a lot of things, and I hope you'll like me and the show enough to keep coming back because, to me, this is so vitally important that we educate. There's not a lot of good stuff out there. There's not real physical cultures, as I call them, out there anymore, in my opinion. Maybe he can clarify and we'll find some more. But I'm telling you right now, this is what we need. This is what I need to do. This is what I feel is very vitally important to what we love to do and keep it going through the next generation. We'll get to that shortly. Also, too, sign up for our free newsletter on MotivationMuscle.com. It goes right to my MailChimp account. You know how much content we've got. You'll get everything I got in your inbox. And before I go to the next thing, when we were talking about the show, we will celebrate our fifth year, September 29th. I have over 1,200 shows, and I've had to slow down because of being out of the office three days a week. I've been a workhorse, man. And I'll tell you right now, there is some content out there. Wear earbuds when you listen to it, earphones, headphones, I should say, anything like that. Because I'm telling you, you don't listen to this show once with Clarence, listen to it a thousand times. I guarantee you, you'll get gold every time. Repetition is king. Also, too, don't forget, you want to talk investment? Go here, invest through advertising here at MotivationMuscle.com. We'll be here 30 more years. I guarantee it, unless an act of God takes me. But I'm telling you right now, I will work diligently for you, for your branding, and obviously to get our brand out there. And as we keep moving up the ladder and keep doing bigger and bigger things and help people with more and more solutions, we will get to that studio one day. And as I said, a bunch of us will be standing on stage telling everyone what we did to get to where we are today. But never stop, as Walt Disney says, leave a legacy with what you do. Also, too, our YouTube channel, Fiorello Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. And on that note, I am going to give you some information on this gentleman. Let me bring that up. Number one, Clarence was born in 1937 in New Mexico. He's an American writer, fitness expert. He is a retired lawyer. He's best known for his book and DVD series, Ripped, which chronicle his fitness including becoming a past 40 bodybuilding champion. Bass was a writer for Muscle and Fitness, where he had a question and answer column, which is dynamite. That's what I love about this show. He has continued to write, documenting his fitness over a span of approximately 60 years in various books that he has released since 1980. He is featured in the book Second Wind and Legends of the Iron Game. In June of 2017, issue of Men's Health also. Bass was named one of America's greatest fitness visionaries. And on that note, Clarence, it's an honor, let me tell you, to have you in the Motivation Muscle family. And welcome, sir. Good morning. I'm glad to be here. Did I hear someplace that you have a degree in psychology? <laughs> Sounds like you do. Um, you know what it is? It's a lot of those hard knocks in the gym. And um, I love being around people, Clarence. You learn so. You know what my father taught me, among many things? Keep your mouth shut and listen. You can learn a lot that way. And Dad was right. And as I say, um, I wish Dad was still here with me because he'd be damn proud right now. Um, 
I, I say that because I majored in psychology. It's something that always appealed to me, and I followed that right along. You sound like you're with the the uh, positive psychology movement. Yes, so sir. That's, that's Hey, you know what I said? It's just as easy to have a bad life, poor life, as it is a good life. So I choose the good life. Um, this has not been an easy process. You know, I, I didn't start one business. I started two of them. Um, quickly, like I told your wife, um, you know, I didn't have to get out of being an IT guy. I did all the big IBM mainframe stuff that, you know, with the banks and the hospitals and all that. But, you know, it was time to go. It was the, one of the few independent jobs that I liked. You know, you had a lot of uh, pressure on you all the time, you know, because you've got thousands of users that are depending on, you know, your neatness and your good work. But, you know, I've been doing it long enough, and I don't know why I hesitated, but once our contracts were up, I said it's time to take the risk. And I always say, never be risk adverse. But it's not about me, Tay. It's about you. Um, give out your website, anything that you would like to share with our family here, and we'll get started on, obviously, the name of the show is called Welcome to the Family, sir. I read the, the list of people that you've had on the show, and it's, it's quite impressive. I don't know all of them, but those that I do know, they're the, kind of the, the top-notch of physical culture. So you're certainly... Walking your talk here and doing what you're talk, talking about, and you're yep. good explaining it. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, when we welcome people to the family, the, the first question I always ask, because it's really pertinent, I think, to everything, is this. Now, I'm going to go real quick with how this all spun with me. My brother Jimmy had muscular dystrophy. He was diagnosed with it. I don't know how early in. I'm sure it was only within a few years. Um, he, I'm the oldest out of five, and Jimmy was second. And Jimmy eventually, you know, was wheelchair-bound, and Jimmy died very young, young teen. Um, he got pneumonia. And, you know, my parents did everything they could, and, you know, he passed away in his sleep. But Jimmy was a catalyst. He, I, I've got a picture of him. I tell everybody. The two factors in my life that inspired me to where I am today and still do, I have a picture of Jimmy right in front of me. He's on the wall, which, you know, I'm looking at him over the top of my laptop, and the Incredible Hulk. And I'll say why the Hulk, because everybody knows his story, and people are always sending me stuff, and, they, they relate, though, to the imagery, the power of the Hulk. And it was like I was frightened as a kid to get muscular dystrophy. I'd go to my parents, and they'd explain, you're not going to get it, blah, 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 blah. But one day I was at the store, and I love I still love comic books. I, I still devour Hulk comic books, you know, anything like that. I see this green figure on the cover, and I was like, oh, my God. I was, like, awestruck. I picked this up, and I was hooked. And what it did to a little boy was this. I said, if I can get as big as the Hulk, muscular dystrophy will never get me. To this day, I still live with that. I live by that. And to make this quick, and I want to hear how, how physical culture, how you got inspired to start, and what age, is this. My brother Jimmy was the happiest kid I've ever met in my life. We would take him everywhere. You would never know he was in a wheelchair. And I used to say to people, and I still do, 
we'd be out playing baseball or football on a sunny day in a field, and there he was, like, cheering everybody on. And I used to look at my brother and say, how, how can he sit there and watch us and be so damn happy? Well, I was very lucky to have him, let me tell you. I miss him every day, Clarence. I think to myself, what would Jimmy be doing right now? But you know what? There will be one day when we meet again. So that's how I, that's what created my physical culture, how I started out. How did you start out? What got you interested? And we'll go right from there, my friend. I I think you'll be surprised to hear that I think the Second World War is what got me started. My dad was a doctor and he was called in, into service, yep. so it's it it meant that we were moving all over uh, with with him in the service. Started out in California, moved to Mississippi, uh, and finally, when he got called overseas, we moved to Kentucky. Uh, that's where my my mother's mother was, mm-hmm. and finally, we moved to Cimarron, New Mexico. So I had kind of a hectic beginning. And and my father was a a, a, a track athlete, athlete. He was the whole team himself in the little town in 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 Cimarron. He took third in the state track meet all by himself. Wow! So when I was about in the fifth grade, he brought home a barbell, and I I was a little bit. I think I, I was small for my age. I've had all this this hectic beginning. So I thought I'd give it a try myself. Yep. It turned out that that he didn't lift it very long, but I did, and I've never stopped. And I think that was the the, the actually the turning point in my life that I found. I, I found if you and I've read this on your on your website mm-hmm. that that if you set a reasonable goal and work hard to achieve it, <clears throat> that's kind of the beginning. Then you build on success, and that's what I've done. Boy, have you. And you know something? This is, you hear this more than once. You know, it was somebody in the family, a father, a brother, or something that happened, and suddenly you take over. Because I always talk and people laugh. You know, my father's sister, my Aunt Gloria, we drove over to Connecticut. My Uncle Will was a um, wood shop. He was, he was a master woodworker. And he taught that in high school, too. And he had made a wooden bench. And I brought back a leaky sand set. And I remember the first time I grabbed the bar, Clarence, I was hooked. And I mean, it was like a magnet just ripped it right across my body and stuck to me. I've always played sports. I always was very good in baseball. I played football. We played, obviously, street ball, all that. I won't say I'm not a team player. But when I hugged that bar for the first time and grabbed that, you know, that outside sleeve that you don't see anymore on anything, that was it. I knew I had found it. And the, and the thing that was amazing about it was it trickled right down to my brother John and my brother Mark. And my sister does lift some weights, but she's in the martial arts. Um, so it was very prevalent in the family. Now, my father, you know. He boxed, he did a little lift and weights, but not the way I do or my brothers or even anyone. My mom, what what are you going to do? My mother was more of a skier when she was younger and all that, but my mother had her hands full. So, you know, I, I can't see her downstairs when Jimmy's up and all that. 
But she was always a walker and stuff. My mother never had a weight problem, none of that stuff. We never saw any of that stuff. But, yes, I think that is so awesome, you know, and I, I love that, the idea your dad brought the, the weights home and you're the guy using them. And, and, and it's incredible stuff. All right, so you're training now. At that point, you know, like all of us, you're bouncing around. You know, uh, when I used to look at the old muscle and fitness or ones that we'd buy at garage sales, obviously Arnold, Sergio Oliva, Franco Colombo, you know, you go on and on. Dave Draper all the way down the line. At that point now, you're lifting weights. And, you know, I'll just go from my pro- uh, aspect here is this. I, you know, I was shooting in the dark with everything. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, you know. I wasn't going to any, I, I went to a gym, I, I made the mistake one time, I had gone to, here in New York and Albany, Nautilus places were real popular, and it's the old Arthur Jones stuff, not, you know, not the stuff that even 25 years ago, whatever, it was all the plate-loaded stuff, and I went to this place, I was a little kid, and I wanted to get big, I was like, I gotta get big, gotta get big, I gotta get stronger, so I go to this place, and this guy puts me through... Oh, uh, what do you call them? The circuits, I guess. And I mean, I, I'm like eight years old and I couldn't stand up. I'm in the bathroom throwing up violently and I'm saying to myself, I, I don't know if this is for me. Well, the smartest thing I was is I got my brain back together and I was able to walk home, which was like a quarter of a mile from there to add misery to it. Well, after that, then it was the weights. And then as I started going the YMCA and, you know, the older guys are beating you up and stuff because you're a wise guy, but you're starting to learn from these people. And that, that went into another guy, this guy Craig, who was a, a bodybuilder, um, I, I guess power bodybuilder, he called himself. He was strong as an ox. I mean, and he just had it. And then you'll, I'm sure you'll remember the name. And I'm going to go right to you is this. Ed Jubinville changed my life. When we drove, we took a U-Haul truck, myself and two other guys, and filled that that truck full. We went to Holyoke, Mass. that day. It was the greatest thing I ever did. But go ahead, take it. So you got you got the barbell set. What what was the next step in Clarence Bass's life now to go, get into physical culture? My dad introduced me to Strength and Health magazine, which was the muscle and fitness of its time. Yep. Uh, the, the York Barbell, where that where that business was set up. Yep. They they were basically the uh, the home of world lifting. The lifters there were were world champions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I used that as kind of a guideline. I never had any coach. Right. But by the time I got to high school. I, I had had some pretty good results. I was I was pretty strong, mm-hmm. and they had an event called the Pentathlon, which was held in conjunction with the state track meet. It was a fitness uh, overall fitness competition. It was push ups, chin ups, bar vault, jump reach, three hundred yard shuttle run, and I remember very well. The coach told me, "Don't lift weights, athletes. Don't lift weights." Mm-hmm. Well. I did lift weights, and that gave me a big leg up because I don't think anybody else did. Right. Yep. So, so I went on. I won the state championship. Awesome. Awesome. Picture of me in the paper underneath Bass's Bass's strongest. <laughs> that, was, that was a wonderful start. That was this, as I said, 
you build on success. I think yep. that was my the, the success that got me going. Yep. As I, as I went on, I I went on to Olympic lifting right after that. I didn't compete on a pentathlon again. The coach wanted me to, but I wanted to go on into Olympic lifting, which is what I was interested in. And pretty soon I was the Albuquerque champion. The, the I was the, the state champion. I won second in the national teenage championship. I won the Southwest championship. I was all over. Wow. Yeah. And I continued Olympic lifting until I was about 35. And, and the, the way I have progressed is when I top out at something, I look for something else that I can improve. Yep. So, and so I stick with with the Olympic lifting for about twenty years, but then I decided I wasn't going to get any better. Yep. Um, and I, I, my dad took me to the uh, to the uh, national weightlifting championship in Mister America. That mm-hmm. just happened to be the, the the contest where Bill Pearl won. So, yep. getting Bill Pearl on on board with your with your program would be a wonderful and there's no more solid guy than Bill Pearl. Yep. Anyway, I had had also been involved in in administration, so I had judged the the uh, seen Mr. America contest and I had judged the past 40 Mr. America. Wow. And there was a guy by the name of Psyche who I had seen in in the Mr. America and he won the past 40, Mr. America. And mm-hmm. I thought, my goodness, he he may look better at 40 than he did when he was <laughs> in Mr. America. So I went on and moved into physique competition. As, as you said, I won, I won my, my weight class in the past 40, Mr. America. The next year, I won overall most muscular man in the past 40, Mr. USA. Yeah. I continued on like that. Um, here's what I want to ask you, because I love the Olympic lifting. I love it. Um, we did a show the other day on overhead pressing and I made remark to, you know, after the 72 Olympics, they dropped the press in your opinion. Um, well, two things I've heard about, I've heard from different people too. Number one, the one that's out there all the time is they could no longer judge it because there's such a backbend, you know, and whether that came out of York or wherever that came from. And then secondly, they said there was a war going on between Serge Redding and Alexia's camp. And I've heard all different things about it, but just get, I, I, I would love your opinion on what's your feeling. I, I think it was one of the worst things they ever did to drop the overhead. But what, 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 would, what do you say to that, Clarence? Well, the the problem was in judging that yeah. the, the, the guys. I'm not, if you remember Russ Nip, yeah, yep, yep. He was a master. He could kind of fold, kind of like winding a spring, and he was throwing the weight up with his legs and, yeah. and everything. And uh, I don't know if they ever made a world record. He probably did, but they just couldn't control it. Yes, and and I and. I'm. I can tell you that that the overhead press is mighty hard on the low back. Yep. I still got some. Uh, not just that, but I think that I remember sitting in in the class in high school, 
and thinking about my workout and, and, and my back <laughs> hurt at the same time. So yep, yep. It, there was dangers there and and they, they just couldn't agree how to judge it. And I think the Russians were tending to get away with more than we were. And exactly. It, yep. it was just a mess. And when you just narrow it down now to the squat, to the snatch and the clean and jerk, it really is an athletic event. There's just... Yep. I think it's it's true. They say that Olympic lifters are the fastest moving athletes in the world. Yeah. And I believe it. And when the, the coach said that athletes don't lift weights, he sure as hell didn't know what he was talking about. Because no. it, I, I know I watched the streaming um, of the of the lifting from the last Olympics. And my God, and women, women. Yeah. Yep. And, and CrossFit is as. We, that weightlifting was kind of dying out here, and CrossFit has has rejuvenated it. Uh, they, they've got now so many people in the in the in the contest that they have to have three different contests around the around the country to narrow it down to see the people that are qualifying for the world championship. Yep. And Dennis, I don't know if you're familiar with Dennis Reno's weightlifting newsletter, but yeah, I know. About about the teams that have been picked for the men and the women. And they say this time we're going to win some medals. So it's really, it's amazing. It's a yeah. wonderful sport. Uh, I think they're the, not only the fastest, but some of the most flexible athletes in the world. So, Well, I'll tell you another thing, too. is on the move, I'll tell you. Well, and another thing about it, they usually are the best strong men, too, if they convert over. You know, I've seen some... They're marvelous stone lifters, and the thing is, they've got such explosiveness off the ground. I mean, when you're messing around with a 350-pound or more Atlas stone, I mean, you're not going to be able to lift that thing slow. And these people understand how to lift things properly, too. Plus, they've got a lot of athleticism, like you said. They can move. And, you know, look, I've been watching this stuff for a better part of my life, and if I can find... The old world's strongest man, you know, obviously in Kaz Meyer's day and John Powell. I love watching all that stuff. Some of the stuff today, I could take it or leave it. I, I still kind of, I still hearken a little bit more to maybe the days of Magnus for Magnuson, Gary Taylor, things of that nature. Um, but it's very interesting to see how the sport's progressing. You know, we got Thor, who's like six nine, four hundred plus. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where everything's going. Are we going to keep having more and more of these giants with this big body weight, or are suddenly things going to spin back around and you're going to see once again, and they're still out there, but the ones that are winning obviously are giants to what is, was, and who knows what will be. But are we going to come back to maybe the six-footer, the six-foot-three, the six-foot-five-six? I don't know. It makes it very interesting because, you know, I think I, I sent to you, um, I recently just had Stevie and Jack Shanks on here. Now, there's another gentleman. I think Jack just turned 84. Um, God, you talk to Jack and you, you hear about the way he did things. He didn't have an idea back in the late 60s, early 70s builds. They still have them. The Shank Stones, they're, they're bigger. A little bit heavier than the actual Denny Stones. I mean, you look at the picture of him. Looks like he came out of church or work. And he lifted the Denny's with a shirt and tie on. You never see that now. They'd have all the gear and everything else on. My point is, what I admire about your era is this. 
You didn't have internet, which I think is a double-edged sword anyways. And you didn't have some big company or companies coming in and say, hey, uh, Clarence, I'll give you this, 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 and this. And, you know, just say our name when you win. You had to be creative. And I think that's been lost a lot in today's physical culture world. And you don't hear people even use that term much anymore. The, the, the strength competitions, yep. people are interested in that, but I don't think it anywhere near approaches the interest in Olympic lifting because right, right. Of course they have weight classes. Yep. And and it's what and, and now women, everybody, we we live about a block and a half from a foothills with endless trails out there in the we see more women running out there than men. So yeah. women now yeah. are interested in strength and in and, and, and fitness. And uh, the, the fact that we can have women in all these different weight categories and uh, lifting tremendous amounts of weight and that's athletic and it's, it's everybody around, around the world is doing it. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, strength training, Olympic lifting, just fitness training, I, I recently you, you read about that in the in the link that the, I yeah I said about this. I went to a the uh, Keller Williams mega meeting. They Keller Williams is is the biggest residential real estate company in the world. So they had people coming in from all around, and and they had me come in to talk to their top their top producers mm -hmm. and they bought copies of my latest book for all of them. But we uh, talked. Hey, Clarence, mention the book. I don't mean to interrupt you, but tell everybody the name of your book. I want people to go out to your site and look at it. Take charge. Okay. <clears throat> but we, Gary Keller and I did had kind of a, a dialogue talking about lifetime fitness. Now these people were not lifters. They were not, in mainly they, they were their salesmen yeah but talked for about an hour and and at the at the at the end the building that just exploded everybody stood up they were clapping yeah i saw that i, yeah. I couldn't believe it because usually i'm doing stuff like this and i don't know how people are reacting to it yep. but that was wonderful and it indicated just how how interested people are in 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 fitness and 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 how they realize the how it can make you stay young so much longer. It's so much better than any medicine or yep. no doctor can do for you what you can do for yourself. Yep. So it, it's a wonderful movement going on here. That's it may be just beginning, but it's exploding because the medical bills are so high that so the government is is happy to pay for all this research. That's what I do. Write about this. Yep, I'm, I'm approaching 500 articles on our website, but wow, that's what I focus on: how you can help yourself. Yep, I I'll tell you this: you hit the nail right on the head because we know how rampant diabetes is, not only through mid older, but kids right now are just hammered with this stuff. Among many things, my mother was a nurse; she was retired now in the school system, and you know it, it's just amazing. And that's one of the things we stress on here. I've got nephews and nieces that are all great athletes. My little nephew Danny just turned nine. You know, at Christmas, I taught him with his dad. 
He lifted a 61-pound Atlas stone and put it right up to his chin. In fact, he's on etched in stone for kids. He's He is basically the art, okay? Uh, he was over here recently. I put the pictures up. There he is flipping a tire taller than him. Uh, I've got him stone lifting and sandbag lifting. Nothing extreme and not being forced, but he loves it. Same way with his sister who's three years older who can sit and, and knock off a handstand and hold it forever. My point is this. When you say it's exploding, I know it's exploding because I can see just through my pages and notes I get from people where I want to thank you because you linked me to this one, so which is going to be interesting. I can't wait to see who's going to link to you from this show. Um, this is what I've always wanted to do. And I love to write, and I will say I am a very good writer, but I don't have a lot of time right now with everything that's going on. So it's easier for me to plug the mic in if I want to do a solo show, or like you and I are doing right now, Clarence, and talk the talk with you. And I love having, like I said, having a man of your pedigree on here with me makes everything that much better and easier for me, too. Because I don't have to try to pull it out of you because you know the subject matter and it's like breathing. So, the next question is this. All right, you're out speaking. Take charge is the book. Obviously, you've been around for a long time here. You've seen a lot of things. But... As you're into the bodybuilding world now, and you know, I, I and correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, Olympic lifting, bodybuilding, you're into that next phase. What's happening there? You know, I want to I want to talk to you too. I want to understand about ripped. I mean, we know the book. I've read the book. Let's talk about ripped too. But g- give me a little bit after the Olympic, and now you're more in the physique. So take it away, boss. Well, I guess you'd say I'm more now into fitness and lifetime fitness. Uh, I, I always say, as you people ask about about the benefits of exercise, mm-hmm. people that are that are lifting and staying active, like I have done, it's, it's like an ever growing V. Yep. As, as you get older, the gap between you and the people that don't exercise or don't take care of themselves gets wider and wider. Mm-hmm. So. That's kind of where, where I am. Uh, all, right, all right, so we're I, doing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, when we're talking fitness, just so everybody understands, you're still weightlifting. I mean, walking, swimming. What is it that goes in the Clarence Bass every day? Besides, I'm sure you're working mentally, constantly reinforcing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what What are you doing? I mean, if you can get specific, that's fine. Well, people are, are surprised. I, this Gary Keller yep. said that his wife, I, I, I'm confused, somebody else, another, another, another person. Okay. But I just did an inter, I did a consultation just a couple of days ago. And he's, this, this guy wanted to get more involved. And he said, he, she said, yes, but these guys work out, sit there in the gym six days a week. Yeah, I'll tell you that I am not in the gym six days a week, and it's it would be counterproductive. Yep. I'm twenty years old, beating the gym. You have you have to challenge your body, and then you have to give it time to recover. Correct. But it's it's we we're learning now that that what you do between workouts is very important. 
you have to keep moving, but not move so much that it, that it stalls the, the your recovery. Right. But, but by moving, you're you're circulating the blood to all parts of your body, to your head, and so on. So it's important what you do between workouts. And, and I have only two main workouts a week. On Tuesday, it's my strength training workout, whole body workout takes about 45 minutes mm-hmm. and then on on uh, on saturday i have uh, i do a high intensity interval workout uh, the things that i uh, that I, I like it on the roar and and the skier both made by a company called concept two okay and the beauty of those machines is is the monitor it will it, you, you can set it for however long you want your your high intensity reps to go and how long the rest is and it will remember it so what keeps people motivated is progress mm-hmm. so you're able when i when i do the workout i sit down and look at my diary i see exactly what i did before and i set out to improve that's what keeps you motivated so yep. i think those monitors are are super important and but what what you do with it, there was a study done at the University of Texas recently where they immobilized people between workouts. These were relatively young people. Okay. And, and they found that if, if they didn't move, they immobilized them. It, it canceled out the benefits of the uh, of the exercise. So Wow, that's interesting. I, I, yeah. I, I walk um we have a I, we have a, a, a you probably heard of the Fitbit. Yeah. And I'm and Carol and I both walk. I I, I try to get seven thousand steps a day. She goes wow. ten thousand. But <laughs> so when I'm sitting down working at my at the computer, it, it, it people they just want to sit there and grind it out. But it's so much better if you get up every thirty minutes. We you know, we walk around the house. Yes, sir. You like you some of your best thoughts come to you while you're while you're moving that's happened to me over and over yep it's being constantly in motion and having these two main workouts where i'm really the the the, the key to all kinds of exercise is overload that is challenging your body in a way that beyond what it's used to doing and the body will respond but you have it have to give it time to recover another key thing is and i i People that, that haven't got into this at all, they they want to be in a big hurry. They they, they call me and they say, "I got to lose fifty pounds. How long will it take?" <laughs> and, and that's, that's that's the wrong answer. It's just like if, if you're going to climb a mountain, you don't yep. want to focus on the top because it seems like you're never going to get there. But if you just think about each step as one step towards your goal, yep, and, and they will lose in a in a controlled way that does not, that they don't, they're not hungry, they're not uncomfortable. That way they can lose the weight if they take the time and they'll keep the weight off. But it's the same thing about exercise. If they're not doing it, they have to start out with what I said, is get up every few minutes or every hour or so and move around in the house. That would be a wonderful start. Mm-hmm. And then when they found that they were, that they were fair, feeling better and they got comfortable doing that then maybe they start walking out in the neighborhood and then after that maybe they start doing a little weight training yep. uh, so it's got to be one at what we said at the very beginning you build on success 
So you, you have small, small little things like that. That's a big deal for somebody that's not moving to get out and move around. And yep. they see that, man, there's really a the benefit for that. And then they take the next step. So th- there's a lot to it. It's a very interesting process. And most people do it wrong. Oh, I agree. Wrong advice, listening to the wrong people. And this is where I'm going to go next with you because I, I can hear in your voice the mental stuff right away, and, and we love that here. There's one thing, though, I really touched upon the other day, and you said it. You know with business, obviously, you're a lawyer. Well, you'll always be a lawyer. I, I say, you know, when people say I, I'm an ex-Marine, you'll always be a Marine. I, I don't go for any of that. Maybe you're not doing it now, but that was part of your life. And I say here, especially, you know, I've had a lot of challenges, Um I've got, I didn't start one business. I started two. Um, we've been living on a shoestring for a while. That's the way it goes. You got to go out and do the things, you know, as Steve Jack would say, you should got to shoulder the responsibility. I've always been a big believer in that. That's how my parents brought all their kids up too. Um, but I'll tell you, there's days that will try me where I feel like I'm broken down on one knee, literally. And I found two things that I've done. And many more, but the two things that really have always worked for me has been go out and wash your car. Why? That's called a paradigm shift, folks. If you don't know that, we've talked about that here. You've got to focus your attention on something else because I'll tell you right now, you don't want to keep putting yourself under the stress gun day in and day out. There's nothing wrong with having stress. We can handle it, but it's the wrong type. And then secondly is where I live is my gym out in the back. If I didn't have that, you know, like everyone says, well, you know, your parents, your parents do the best they can, but there comes a point in time where you got to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and that gym. And I owe it all to my brother, Jimmy is my sanctuary. I was talking about that this morning with, um, we had a disabled strong man on Gary Clark, Clarence. He's awesome. This guy is incredible. He's from the UK. And I said, one of the greatest things I've ever had with training, besides being so grateful for, you know, being able to go to Iceland and lift stones, you know, I'm nursing a little tear right now, but I'll get through it like everything else. And working with John McKean, who was back in your era with the power rack and wait to see these pictures I'm going to put up of his grandson. He's got him working in the rack at 11 years old. The kid's phenomenal already doing all around, lifting, everything. Um, but the point of the matter I want to get to is this. My driveway is 95 feet, and I train a lot of times at night. So I have the spotlights all over. The place looks like daylight. And I said, you know what one of the nicest things is? Because I train alone mostly. A lot of people aren't going to go for lifting stones and all that here and all the rack. But some do. It's all right. You know, you, you, you motor on your own. But I said, one of the greatest things is when I'm done and I'm sitting on a bench in the driveway before I'm putting everything away and the sky is, is just beautiful. It's dark and there's stars out everywhere and whatever's still around on the ground at that point or in the trees you'll hear. And I'm sitting out there just giving gratitude and having this feeling of accomplishment you know you talked about you know creativity you know you're walking and around and thoughts are coming in your head i 
I have a pad next to me when I'm sitting there. I'll sit maybe for 15 minutes. People don't realize what physical culture, because prior to that, it sounded like I was tearing that garage down in there. And I can come out and start bringing myself down to a level now where not only is it the appreciation, but it's the creativity that's happening. And it soothes, as I say, the beast. And I've never done anything in my life that ever brought me such pleasure. And it's brought me a lot of hard knocks, and I've had some injuries too. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't trade it in for anything. Back to you, sir. The benefits of exercise and training like that go far beyond the gym. Yep. Uh, my success in 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 the pentathlon and in lifting gave me the confidence to go to law school. Yeah. When I went to law school, they let a lot of people in, and then they then they made an effort to flunk them out. Yep. So uh, the the first test in law school, and and they pasted your your results, and there were seventy five people in the, about seventy five people in the class, and fourteen people made a passing grade on that test. Wow. And I, and I was number fourteen. And I went home and I, I, I told my dad, you know, I, I, gee, I don't know if I can cut the mustard on this. But he said, try it for a while longer. And I'm glad I did, because about three semesters later, I was number one in the class. Awesome. But I believe that the work ethic that I developed with exercise is what helped me do that. Yep. And so I, I and I my interest has always been in fitness, but you couldn't make a living in fitness, or I didn't think you could. You could make a right. lot better living being being a lawyer. Yep. So I so I went into started out in in a firm. I worked myself up to being a name partner. My name was on the door. Yeah. But after ten years, I, I went in and I, and I told the head partner. I I said I I'm going to leave because I want to be I want to have more time to spend on on my interest in fitness. And I remember I, I heard him telling other people, I don't know what the hell's going to happen to Clarence. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, but that but that's why that allowed me uh, to get in and, and write the 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 book Ripped. Yep. I wrote wrote Ripped. And it, w- it was basically about what I learned in preparing for these national level physique competitions, and I. Um, I told how I got my body fat down to 2.4%. And because I was exposed basically to the world from this muscle and fitness column, that book sold all all over the world. We published that book ourselves. And just thinking back, it's just amazing how many copies of that. That book is is now in its 13th printing, I think. Wow, wow. And, And it still sells. Yeah, but, I, but I've, I've continued. I've written ten books now, each one a kind of about at each stage I am in in, in my training, and I I talk about how I did it, why I did it. People like my books because I don't just say do it because I say so, but I give them research. I explain about it, and I tell people they don't have to do exactly what I do. They should take my ideas and apply it in the way that that they want to to apply it. And this latest book, the one that I mentioned, this Take Charge, yeah. is a little different type of book because 
instead of saying just t- focusing on what I I have done and why, it, it it tells about all the different ways you can train, mm-hmm. and what works for people is 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 to do something that they enjoy and best that they're good at it, and starting low and 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 building up. But that's what that book is. There's just many different ways to train, and about the theories, many good ways to to uh, of diet of the the food that you eat. And just all of that. So it's a book that why that that book was was distributed there at this uh, this real estate conference, because it's for people, not just weight trainers or strength trainers, but for everybody. So that that book really has more appeal than uh, to the world than it does. Yep. Even though it, 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 it hasn't sold as many as Rip, but it but it's a wonderful book. Yeah, but, you know, that's what people need to hear. And, you know, you know, a lot of stuff out in the market isn't worth anything. And it's so expensive. And everybody's out cruising the Internet trying to find the next big thing. You know, you made reference to it. If you think you're going to lose 150 pounds in two weeks, you know, you're sadly mistaken. All right. And my thing with anybody that comes here is, look, we talked physical culture. This isn't just something you do for a year or two. This is the rest of your life. And that's some of the things you've got to get through your head immediately because it's going to be the same thing. Okay, I lost the weight. A year and a half later, I'm up 75 pounds over what I was when I came to you. What do I do? And unless you change your repetition, and we know that is so important, you know, how we talk to ourselves so important what do you think of yourself who are you hanging around with who are your you know as i always say are you hanging around with people that are smarter than you had a little more experience than you i i look for that all the time i don't want to hang around just equals with what i know i want people that know more than me whether i do because you made a perfect reference you know read my book take what i've done and create your own style of training, okay? Same way with business and everything else. I want to hang around with people that have done huge things, huge things, and keep, keep accelerating to do more. That's how you're going to learn. That's why we teach so well on this show, because we are giving real-world experience, what we're living Right now, especially, which most people, it scares the crap out of them, to be frank with you. Because how could you take that type of risk? Or how could you lose all your money to do this, et cetera, et cetera? And I'll give this right to you, Clarence, is this. Normally, all you ever see with quote-unquote success, whether you've had a successful business, you're now a multimillionaire, whatever it is, people always see the end result they don't see the pain that you're dealing with from the very beginning right to where you struck it at that point but i tell people all the time you don't think people that have a lot of money own businesses this that and the other thing don't have problems because most people think oh you got a couple million you don't have any problems bull you've got tons of problems how you handle and what type of solution you come up with is going to alleviate a lot of those problems but my point is we don't get taught this stuff unless your parents were familiar with some of these things 
school's not teaching you. They don't teach you how to take care of your finances, be an entrepreneur. Yeah, you know, I've gone to all the business courses in college and all that. Yeah, but unless, to me, unless you're somebody that's an entrepreneur, I really don't want you teaching me. I don't need to go and read it out of a book or somebody that, whether they believe in it or not, is showing me this. I want to learn. I mean, look, anybody that's read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, go out and read it if you haven't. You'll understand his rich dad and his poor dad. The poor dad didn't make it through eighth grade, but yet knew how to work his money. He was he died a millionaire that left tens of millions of dollars to his family. His rich dad, who was he had every degree in the world and was a college professor, died broke and left them all in debt for them to take care of whatever he owed. So that's my point with everything. It's like your beliefs, what you do physically, all this stuff ties together. What you believe in. You know, people say, well, your belief. Well, what is it? Well, some will say it's God. Some will say this, that, and the other thing. You can call it whatever you want. But here's what I've learned in all the years, and especially the five years with the businesses, is this. If you don't believe in yourself, no one's going to believe in you. And it's going to be hard enough because a lot of people don't understand what you're doing. If they don't see the bottom line right away, you're not a success, et cetera, et cetera. So you're going to have to fan a lot of that away from you and probably permanently. But my point with this whole thing is this. You're going to just have to, as I say, keep going. Keep going no matter what. Keep going no matter what. Because I look in my situations I'd be making well over $100,000 if I stayed in IT doing the IBM mainframe stuff now. Okay. But would I be happy? No. Was it time to leave after the contracts were up? Yup. It was time to go because I could no more go back to that stuff and give this up than I could if I had a son or a daughter give them up to somebody. Never. So what ends up happening is you reestablish and build a brand new life. And I couldn't be happier because I know at some point things are going to flow because every day we knock another hole through the wall. Every day. You know, if you listen, if you read Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, this is what he said after five years. He really didn't have a penny. And then one day things started taking off and money was coming at him like lightning bolts. And his comment was, Hill's comment was, where have you been for the last five years? It's all yours, Clarence. The main tenet of public positive psychology is to focus on the things that you're good at and don't worry too much about your weaknesses. And that you'll be most successful if be that's what you'll enjoy and it's something you'll be you'll work the best at. Obviously what you're really good at is talking. Thank you. <laughs> I, I will I will tell you this. You sound like my mom, and I'll tell you why. When I was a kid, I'm still a kid in my opinion. I was never afraid of people. You know, you know a lot of kids they're kinda shy and all that. Never was like that. And you know, we'll be at family things or everybody be at somebody's house for a cookout or whatever. And my mother says to me, <laughs> she'll say, do you know those people? I said, I've never met them in my life. She goes, my God, I would think you knew them your whole life. And I said, well, why is that? She said, Eric, you've got a gift. She goes, you can talk. 
And she says, you could talk the wallpaper off a wall, she always says to me. <laughs> well, you want me to tell you something? I'm very blessed, Clarence, and I know that. And I don't take that um, for granted. You know what I mean? And I love what I do here, and I'm very enthusiastic and inspiring, and I love to be inspired back. And I think if we can do that for people, you know, you, you've been doing a lot longer than me, and you've done great things, obviously. That's why Motivation and Muscle was created, because I think we have a duty to go out and change the world. We, there's just too much crap out there for me. And I feel that if we can get to the point where we're a national show, we will be able to do it even more so and that much quicker. Now, is everybody going to come with us, you know, through experience? No. There's always going to be doubters. There's always going to be saying, ah, these guys, you know, I don't know if they played by the rules or whatever. And that doesn't matter. But the ones that are going to come aboard with us and it's going to count for them, that's going to be the ones that we keep building this big monster we call Eminem. Go ahead and take it. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. But, yeah, I appreciate that. Believe me. I can talk, too, but it's not my favorite thing, frankly. I don't like public speaking very much. Okay. When I was in the the, the law partnership, the, the, the head guy there, he wanted me to be a rainmaker to bring a lot of clients in. Yep. That's not what I did. What I did was I, I did a good job. They gave me a, a case. I did a good job working on it. But that was always kind of a, a tension. And, and so what I do now, I, I, I like to study the, the new research and, and write about it. You say you're interested in writing, too. Yeah. Well, that's what I do best. I, what I do best is connect ideas so I can maybe I can when I sit down at the first of each month, I've got a whole bunch of stuff on my desk that people send to me, some that we found on our find on our own. And I, I maybe I'll take three studies. I can connect them all up and then write an article about it. That's really what I do best. And that's what I focus on now. And fortunately, I'm in a position now where I can devote full time to it. Yeah. to find, and that's what you just said, find what you're good at, what you enjoy doing and focus on that. That's how you're going to be the biggest success. And so, that's hard to do sometimes. And, and it took me a while to work to a place where financially I could afford to do that. But then right. when I, I finally got to a point, I practiced by myself for, I practiced law for 34 years. And then yep. we, I've been doing the books and, and the ripped on, on the side, but I finally got to the point where I could stop practicing law and focused entirely on fitness. So really I'm, I, I feel like I'm like you. I'm doing what I was born to do, and that's why yeah. I, I love it. And I get up every day with uh, and do what I, what I feel like I do best. But it's not talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. You're doing fine here. I mean, no, you know what it is? It's just, as I said, if I had more time, and I'll tell you right now, I will extend the invitation if you ever want to write anything for our FBC blog, you're always welcome here. Um, it would be an honor to have you in here. It, it'd be great. But I will tell you this, if I had more time to do it, I would. It's just right now, it's 
it's impossible almost. I mean, if I could sit down and just think something out, you know, about training and working out and write it, I'd love to do that. But like I said, it's a lot easier to plug the mic in, do a 20, 25-minute solo show, and kaboom. Because it's funny, people send me notes. How come you're not doing solo shows anymore? We miss them. I was like, just right now. I mean, your show today is the fifth show I've done in two days. Um, and, you know, you, you got to guard your voice, obviously, and everything else. I mean, I used to do 13 shows a week for over a year and a half. That's a monster, sometimes more. But it, it, it got me where, you know, I learned vocally, I practice vocally still, you know, how to bring your voice up and down, take good care of it, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, one thing you talked about, doing something you like. Well, I'll tell you right now, when you do something you like, you'll do whatever you got to do to get it done and be successful with it. Unfortunately, you know, if you get comfortable and you got your refrigerator full all the time and you're looking at your pension 30 years down the road and we can do this, that, and the other thing, I guess you're never going to really go after something, even if it's bothering you. I was saying on a show, Clarence, and I'm going to go right back to you, is this. I wish I remember, I got to go back and find the show because I love to listen to a lot of different, you know, inspirational speakers, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Baroque music's always playing in my ear, Italian opera, something good like that. And I remember this gentleman saying, you know, the worst thing to do is to leave this world with regret. And I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. He says, take a walk through a cemetery sometime and listen to the voices where they all say, only if I, if I, and then, you know, you can plug in anything you can think of. What if I did this? What would it be like? You know, and things of that nature. And it is true. And there's one thing with these two uh, enterprises here is this. I'm not going, I'm not leaving this world with regret. Like I said with Disney, leave a legacy. Make it bigger than you that when you pass away, it's still going. And that's always been, you know, what's been in my head. Um, I want to ask you a couple more questions because, you know, we're almost at time, too, is this. And I hope you'll come back because I really would enjoy that. Um, you, were in the, you were in the big bodybuilding time. You know, we talked a little about Arnold and Colombo and Sergio, et cetera, et cetera. If you had, I mean, it's hard to pick one, I know. But seeing these guys in that era, you know, I wanted to talk to you, too, because I saw I was reading stuff about um, Whole Milk you had written. And I'm a big guy with that, obviously, in glass bottles. But a lot of times I go to this farm. It's a biodynamic farm, and I buy raw milk there. I know most people will tell you drink raw milk, you'll die. I've been drinking it 20 years. I've never had a problem. What bodybuilder, if there's one, in your life that you saw stood out to you the most? Bill Pearl. I He was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Of course, he, he was basically the Arnold of his day, but that was before steroids were such a big element. Yep. But my friend and I went, in the, as I told you before, I, I saw him win the Mr. America. Right. Some years later, maybe 15, maybe 20 years later, a friend and I went to Denver because Pearl was giving a, a, a demonstration up there. And, and 
just and, and he had one of these light boxes like Sandow had. Yeah. And just standing there was just like, my God, it was a, almost like a God. You couldn't breathe, believe that he had so much muscle. Yeah. But 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 the thing about him is that he's not it was far beyond that. He has contributed, given back to the to, to the field. I mean, he ran a gym for a long time. I was I think it's wonderful doing it. But but he's written a book like this. You you mentioned that I think is this three volume three volume set uh, about people uh, significant people in the Iron Game. It's a tremendous effort. I'm glad to say that that I'm in that book. Yep. But and and then he's written other books about, about about weight training for sports and. Uh, keys to the inner universe. Yeah, I remember that. Yep, keys to the inner universe. I remember. That, I have that book somewhere. That has basically every exercise he had had. Um, I don't know about a hundred hundred uh, exercises on training one body part, a small body part. Anyway, he's contributed, and he and I have become become good friends. Okay. Which is a is a wonderful thing, but uh, just as a guy who was that was the best in the world in physique and has given back to the world, I'd say he's number one. Yeah, I figured. Uh, you know, you look at a lot of stuff. I've been posting stuff lately on my etch page. You know, of Paul Anderson, Doug Hepburn, and you know, how can't you not you know admire Doug Hepburn? You know, club foot. And the records he set, and just an incredible lifter. And I, I bought products of his years ago. Um, just a real interesting guy. I used to like, you know, I've read some things he's written. Um, just a, a whole different thing. I mean, I, can, I don't know the name of that show. There's one, there's a show on, um, I don't know if what channel it is, but you see it show up. It's got, like, Brian Shaw and... Um, Oh, I can't think of the other three guys. Forgive me right now. But it's, you know, on, the, it's on Netflix now. Netflix, okay. But, yeah, and you know, Nick Best and it'll all come to me. But um, it's very interesting because I guess they went to Paul's. Um, they went to his place, uh, the youth home, and I don't know if it was there. I think it was there. I could be wrong because I've got to watch it. I guess the episode was just up. And Paul had that those big, um, I don't know, you'd call them clear boxes or whatever, and they had all coins in it. And he, they said, I, I don't know how much that thing weighed. I think it was over 1,000 pounds. And they said, those guys, I don't know if they even were able to walk out with it. Now, you know, we're talking big, strong men. And I remember we were talking about that the other day, and they said, you know, there's Anderson, walks out, squats it easy, stands up, and that's it with it. And I'm like, that's the thing. Like John McKean, who, you know, is a big-time friend here, um, you know, he was talking about that. He used to have correspondence with Paul. I believe he even spoke to him once. Um, and, you know, he did that all, obviously, to raise money for the youth home. In fact, we had a Mr. Reed on that runs it a few years back. But my point of the matter is you were at a time when you got to see or at least hear about these gentlemen, man. You know, uh, I obviously I don't know. 
I would have liked to see or meet her would be Pudgy Stockton. That would have been my dream to meet somebody like that. You know, Muscle Beach, where you saw all that stuff. And these guys were not only weightlifters, they were athletic. You look at how high were those handstands they were doing with how many people on them. You know, things of that nature. And that's why I asked you, obviously, Bill Pearl. And the thing with Bill Pearl, if you don't know, folks, is Bill Pearl was an actual strong man, too. I've put pictures up where he's tearing license plates in half. I mean, this guy could put the rubber to the road. There's no doubt about it. What about, you know, obviously strength bodybuilding? Is there anybody that sticks out? All right, you're an Olympic lifter. Who back in that era impressed you? I mean, most people would say Sergio or Ken Patera or Redding or whatever. Who who uh, who was somebody that you liked, no matter what weight class it was? Well, the, the one that I was probably the closest to was Lou Ricky. You know, oh my Lou God! Rickey. Yes, yep. He he and I competed against each other. That they had a contest in Dallas. And <laughs> I remember going over there with my dad and yeah. being in the warm-up room back there. And, uh, and <laughs> weighing in, I, I, I told my dad, you know, he's going to be so sorry if he's in my weight class. <laughs> <laughs> but he was not sorry. But, but, but the thing about him is, and of course, he was one of the first ones to benefit from steroids. Sure. But he went on to, to snatch you do a split snatch with 325 world world record and so, so he was kind of the one where i was seen up close yeah, obviously he's not the, the the best lifter ever but in terms of maximizing his uh, his abilities uh, he's the one that stucks out in my mind because he's closer to me you yep. were talking about paul anderson that he did this show in las vegas squatting with this with with the the barbell loaded with coins that's it yep and, and he did it ser- apparently several times a day and we we sold a, a dvd made about him and he's another guy who's gone far beyond strength sports he was in he's in very religious and yeah and yep. and this home for um young people who were having difficulties and I don't know how many times we, we, we how many copies of that, that DVD we sold, but but they weren't interested in how strong he was, but his religious angle. Yeah. So here's another yeah. person that that contributed far beyond his uh, just his, just his lifting. So there's a lot of people like that. You're not kidding. Uh, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's the key thing. Well, here's the thing I look at with training. It builds incredible strength, so what you do is you take that strength and you bring it to the world. That's how I always interpreted weightlifting or anything. Another guy that I really liked was Bob Peoples, and obviously that's where Paul got his start with. And when you look at Bob Peoples, who was not a big guy by today's standards, you know, you look at what he deadlifted, and he, he would do clean deadlifts, not <laughs> reverse hand. And, you know, I've read, I've got books, um, I've read things, you know, um, you know, squat, deadlift, got a little stale with one, you go to the other. Just incredible, incredible people. And that's what I said during the middle of the show. They didn't have anything other than barbells. I mean, you look, he dug out a root cellar, and he was a farmer. Think about that. Most people after a day of farming would be flat on their back 
This guy's out lifting weights, man, and not small weights. That's my whole point. And the I guess key, the, the, key is, the key is to find something you're good at. Yeah. He had these really long arms, so he yep. was built to yep. do the deadlift. Yep. Which made yep. him famous. I'm sure he got great joy out of that. But as you say, he was one of the the mentors for Paul Anderson. I guess they were in the same part of the country. But yes, they were. Yep. You find yep. what you're good at and focus on it. He's just another example of it. Um, what, I want to ask you this, too. Were you ever uh, able to see Bill March? Sure. Really? Tell, tell me about it, will you please? I'm interested. Well, Bill March was, he was, I believe he came from York, Pennsylvania. So he trained there in, in New York gym. And yep. he, he was one of the, starting with isometric contraction. That's when Lou Rookie was doing that too. And apparently it really did work, but he did it on a rack. Yep. Where it, 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 one of the, one of the negatives of, of, uh, isometric contraction as you can't get any feedback it's pushing against a movable object correct he did that on a rack so he he was able to move the move the bar and i i don't think he ever won the world championship but he was national champion many times mm-hmm. and the negative thing about him i you saw him 20 years later and and he'd gotten terribly fat. So Yeah, yeah, I remember <laughs> that. I, I remember hearing I think, that. Oh, there's yep. so many of these wonderful guys that, you know, they have their strengths and they have their weaknesses. And he was a, obviously a very, very strong guy and trained. But after sometimes after the, the, the key thing about them is not health and fitness, but competition. Ah, right, right. After the competition was gone, he kind of lost interest. So, yep. but again, that- Focus on what you're good at. That was all part of, like, Dr. Ziegler, because John has sent me stuff all about that. And with Lou Ricky too, I mean, I've got an article sitting right next to me. Uh, he became the strength coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, he was one, and, of, one of the first really yep. successful yep. strength coaches. And, uh, and, that, and now that, you know, they would, the, the coach in high school tell me not to lift weights now. and maybe even ping pong they lift weights yep i no, i agree um it was interesting too because john mckean said to me i guess lou would design these special power racks that the team used on the steelers and he says i'm sure somewhere there's a few of them stored in some warehouse he says if i find them i'm gonna buy you one and send it to you and i'll take the other and i was like that'd be awesome because that'll be the fourth power rack that i'll have in my garage i, I, so, I, had, I had one of those power racks yep that 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 york was was making yep. and then yep. the main thing i remember you're pushing on it as hard as you can and the next thing you know you're flat on your back <laughs> you passed out because you weren't uh. putting any blood to your head Exactly. So I, I didn't see it as a very healthy, yep. healthy piece yep. of equipment. Yep. Um, they were doing it. I'll ask you this, and I and I really would like you to come back if you like. But I'll, I'll ask you this. Obviously, you're a man that's on the move all the time. Let's let's say uh, a year from now, two years from now, where does Clarence Bass want to be fitness wise? Um, entrepreneurial wise whatever it is that's got you uh very motivated right now let's just talk a, a year or two where would you like to be in a year or two 
<laughs> well, I would like to still be doing work. What what I'm doing? I'm 81 okay. years old, so yep. it's the fact that I'm that I my body's working, my mind is working, and I'm still training and trying to get better in different ways. That's what I want to be doing, and I'd like to be thought of as kind of the Jack Lane of my time. And I've, I've got a ways to go, but it's, it's a great goal to think about. Yeah, I, and I was going to bring up Jack, but I'll do that for another show. Um, before I sign everything off on my end, why don't you give out your website anywhere, any way anyone can get a hold of you, and I'll give out my information. Stay on the line, and we'll get off the line, and, and we'll have a little discussion if you got a few minutes, please. Our, our website is cbass.com. If you can't remember that, if you just go on Google and type in my name, you'll be surprised all the stuff that comes up. But <laughs> be our Wikipedia page, the next thing will be our website. And the, the website is we have we have people from all over the world, every country you can think of. So, but I, I, I write, that's what a main thing I do is I write new articles for every, the first of every month. So we're updating. There's mm-hmm. articles in 10 different categories. So to help you find if your the first category is diet and nutrition and then strength training, aerobic training. Uh, so it's, it's really is a, uh, a fountain of information about self-help about the benefits of exercise and diet you you name the topic i've written about it i'm sure we encourage people to to come there um and we also do we do telephone consultations uh we have people come we've had people from come from all over the world to spend a weekend with us nice we're very active we're out there one one of the things that really is a standout on the on the website is we have photos of me from 15 to 81 which <laughs> just nice. shows that i maintain my condition throughout yep. all of that and there's a comment at the top by juanine Spiruso, who is one of the the real um, experts in physiologic in the physiology of aging and she's she's written up there at the top that that nobody has ever done what I've done. That may probably happen, wow. but I nobody has documented it the way that I have to shows that you can through exercise maintain your muscle mass and your um, your fitness throughout your entire life. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a, a pictorial presentation. Each year we add another photo, so that later on this year we'll be adding the picture at 82 nice uh, that's one of the big draws and one of the, the unique features of our website we're very proud of it we work yeah you should much well you know to accomplish what you have accomplished and to keep rolling like this is um, an incredible feat i'll say of strength mind body and spirit obviously and uh all i can say to you clarence is keep going brother keep going like we say you got anything else brother What's that? Uh, no, are you all set? Have you given out everything? Are you good? No, that that's it. That... Okay. This, well, this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Go out to um, Fiorello Barbell Co., Winners and Champions, and obviously our Prosperity Conscious page. 
Um, if someone seeks you out, the, no, well, we won't do that first. If there's a show you'd like Clarence and I to do, Fiorello Barbell at nightcap.r.com. Don't forget to go out to motivationmuscle.com. We'll have Clarence's show up by the end of the week. Um, duh, let's see, what else do I want to say out there? Um, don't forget, too, about signing up for our free newsletter. Also, um, as I said, come on in and advertise with us. Uh, we will work very hard for you, and you will help us out immensely. And don't forget, too, about our YouTube channel, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. That's Fiorello Barbell Company. Also, too, we are on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. We thank everybody for that. We are on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts and an array of stuff. If you want to get us in your car, we are on AHA directory, which is pronounced AHA. If someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, never be afraid to give them five words to inspire. Words have power, as I say. My mom would say to us when we were kids, never be afraid to say to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. You never know what people are going through. If you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, pull it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. Our pal Paul Thor loves that from Wales. And we say hello to Paul. He's a great guy. Also, too, the great Hoosa Steel Crusher Stone says in blood red domination, we clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. Russell Furr, who's been listening to us from the very beginning, says when I hear your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. It's more like a tidal wave, my friend. Higher and wider every day. Frank Klein, my greatest business college professor. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. My dad, be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. And John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor who will always be with me. We lost him four years last month to cancer. He would walk every patient to the door. It didn't matter if it was standing room. Open the door for you like the gentleman he was and say, keep smiling. When I talk about paradigm shifts, you could have the worst things happening to you. Start saying, keep smiling, keep smiling, keep smiling. Because I'm telling you, not only will you get that smile, we talked about that before, about going out and washing the car or training. When things have just got you pegged, this will do the same thing. So keep smiling. Be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road. Tell a hundred or more of your friends. How about thousands and millions? We're not going to just kick your door and we'll blow the roof right off your house. Join the family. Be with us for the next 30 years. Tell your friends and family about our show. Distribute this show to everyone you know. This show is awesome. I'm telling you right now. Real Real information here. Also, don't forget to join our Etched in Stone page and our Etched in Stone for Kids because we're going to be doing more and more with the kids. Believe me, more and more and more. Also, too, before I sign off with Clarence, you're all winners, you're all champions, and you are all unstoppable. And I'll add this, and I always do, you're all geniuses. And if they're not saying that to you or if people put you down for that stuff, Get away from them because you're going to be successful down the road. It's all the seeds you're planting between those two ears there, that six inches between them. Very, very important. Remember, 
We're going to rewire and refire here all the time, and we're all going to get to where we need to get. Clarence, I got to tell you, awesome show. You are a wealth of knowledge and a breath of fresh air and a lot of mediocrity out there. Let me tell you, it's an honor, and welcome to the M&M family, sir. Let, let me know when this interview is up so we can link to it on our website. We will do that. I will send uh, Carol the link. And uh, I'll send a note with it, and uh, we'll go from there, my friend. It was fun talking to you. It's different than anything I've ever done before. Interesting. Well, I'm glad, and I hope you enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed it, and I'll, I would love to have you back anytime you want to come on. So, for Cla- oh, you got it. So, for Clarence Bass, this is Eric Fiorello. Remember this. The world is asking something from you. Go out and do it. We just talked about showing your strength because I guarantee it will come back to you tenfold. Think about those things. And remember the famous two words, keep going, keep going, and I'll add Doc Ridges in and keep smiling. Have a great rest of the week. The show will be up the end of the week, and uh, we'll see how things go here. And i got to tell you, Clarence is tops. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.